Welcome to Animal Cafe, where you'll hear weekly interviews with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals, and a monthly segment reviewing fun, fabulous, and useful products for your pets. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for more. Okay, hello. Well, this is Kelly Dunbar, and today on Animal Cafe, we will be speaking with Grisha Stewart, who is the creator of BAT, which stands for Behavior Adjustment Training, and it's an excellent protocol for dogs that suffer from fear um, or leash reactivity, frustration, or aggression, um, you know, in, in when they're out and about. So she is also the owner and founder of uh, Ahimsa Dog Training, and she is a certified pet dog trainer, as well as a certified training partner from the Karen Pryor Academy for Animal Training and Behavior. Really excited to, to, to talk to Grisha today, because Bat is sweeping, I would say the nation, but sweeping the world these days. <laughs> and so um, I thought it would be really interesting to speak with Grisha and and kind of get in on the buzz. So welcome. Welcome, Grisha. Thanks, Kelly. It's a huge opportunity, so happy to be on your show. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy. You're traveling even as we speak, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the top of the, not the very top, but in uh, high ob- above Las Vegas in the Luxor Hotel right now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, giving oh, a seminar tonight. And are you doing a seminar while you're there? Yes, doing a, a three-hour bat seminar. Actually, kind of a, a preparation uh, pre-rehearsal for the APDT seminar I'm doing in the fall. So I wanted to to do it live in front of an audience first. Oh, excellent. That's a clever idea. Get a little, get a gig in Vegas and then head out to San Diego. Exactly. And you're based in Seattle, correct? Correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. And that's where when you're not uh, gallivanting about the world, spreading the good word, your good news, you are (laughs) training at Ahimsa? Yes, I have uh, five trainers there and uh, like an online store and a little retail store too. And I try to be in Seattle as much as I can, uh, so my wife doesn't kill me. <laughs> no, that would be bad. So, but you all—you were recently in Europe as well, and you will be again in in uh, the summer, correct? Right, yeah? right. In June, I'll be giving a two-day seminar in the UK, and then um, also doing some stuff again in Lithuania, Sweden, uh, Norway, and uh, hopefully Spain. Wow, wow. I'm actually, if anybody's listening from other countries, I'm looking looking for one or two more countries as well for that. June or March tour. Oh, so you're doing a spring and a summer tour. Yes. Excellent. I think you and I will be meeting in the UK. Um, I think so. I think you're doing a nose work thing, right? I'm going to do um, a, a workshop in, uh, in the UK as well. I'm um, an open paw workshop and then some scent uh, workshops as well. Yes. Excellent. That would be great. That would be fun. Yeah, I hope that I can see it. Okay, so let's see. Um, I think today will be particularly, well, should be interesting to everybody with a dog, but particularly interesting to those that have dogs that tend to, you know, maybe um, you know, become stressed when they're, when they're out, and out and about in the world and on leash. Um, you know, I know that this is also stressful for the owners because it's embarrassing and sometimes you get funny looks and uh, I think it becomes a vicious, vicious cycle and people don't know what to do or how to, how to stop this and, you know, therefore perhaps even stop walking their dogs. Um, so it's really wonderful that you have designed this protocol that is, um, I, is, is relatively user-friendly and super dog-friendly. So I'd like to um, have you give you an opportunity to talk about what BAT is. Well, that is a um, a technique that uses 
the idea that dogs either tend to want to go away or closer to something when they're barking at it. So they're usually, when they're fear or sort of aggression, when they have fear or aggression-based reactivity, they're trying to say, go away, get out of here, you know, you're in my territory or I'm afraid of you or whatever. Um, and so uh, the idea is that we can teach dogs to give different kinds of behaviors, sort of what normal dogs would do in those situations in order to make themselves feel more safe instead of barking, lunging, growling, that sort of thing. And you know, I think a lot of people feel like their dogs are super aggressive when they are barking, lunging, growling, and especially if they have forward fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you help people uh, kind of assess what their dog, how their dog feels, or does that even matter? Uh, well, it sort of matters in the sense of the deciding between whether they would want the thing to go away or come closer. Um, so if they're, a, a, I call them a frustrated greeter. So if they're in that category, then um, then going forward by one step is the reward for head turns, ground sniffs, whatever. Um, and so a lot of times what I'll do is, first of all, listen to the um, to the pitch of the bark, if it's high-pitched, um, things like that. Or I also have um, some fake dogs, and I practice or have the dogs go up to the fake dog and sort of see what would they do. And you get surprisingly realistic results. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? You can you can get an idea of how how safe it is to work with them and what their what their issue is. Now, is that something you would do in an assessment, or how would somebody do this on their own? I mean, you have I know now this beautiful book is out, and you've also got several DVDs. Is this something that somebody could do on their own, or should they? Are there practitioners? How do you recommend somebody proceed? Um, well, whenever there's a safety issue, it's better to have an official person involved, a trainer, to just really make sure you're on the right page, um, on the right track. But um, there is a book, there are DVDs, um, and so if you have a dog that has sort of, you know, kind of more mild issues, you know, barky but not, you know, biting, then you might experiment on your own for a little while, and then if you need a trainer to help from there, then you can. Um, But it is always a little bit faster, or it's often a little bit faster if you have a, a, a professional helping yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so what kind of dogs, and we talked about it a little bit, but what kind of dogs would benefit from this kind of protocol? I mean, we've got dogs you said that are, are, are I mean, are they always barky, lungy? What about the dogs that are just kind of reluctant to meet new dogs? Or And does this work with, with people as well? Dogs that are uh, reactive with yeah. people? And actually, uh, I, I misinterpreted, but it works both ways. Um, so, you know, it works for any sort of dog that might have um, either be tentative about something all the way from tentative through barky lungy. So um, even if you just have a new dog that you're not sure, um, if you understand that, you can help socialize. And so that can be with a puppy as well. We use it in our puppy classes. Um, and so it can be dog to dog, dog to people, dog to object, um, anything really um, that's sort of a tangible thing, lo- you know, a location-based thing that they're afraid of. That's excellent. And and how does how does it work? Why do you think that that this is uh, such a great protocol? And why do you have, having so much success? What do you think is happening here? Um, well, I mean, I think the the thing is that the dogs dogs do what works, and, and trainers know that. But I think um, <laughs> sometimes it helps to sort of put things in a particular protocol. It's it's not like bad is brand new in the sense that you know nobody's ever heard of functional analysis, but it is brand new in the sense that it's it's a particular way of arranging things that seems to work best for the dogs uh, or work really well for the dogs. You know, God knows, you know, five years from now. I'm sure something else will come along that's even better, which will be great. Um, but it's definitely, I um, I think also people like it, the trainers I know like it, because it's positive. It's really dog-friendly. No, absolutely. That's a, a tremendous 
part of it. And you know, I think it's really important to stress for people that um, I like. You know, you said dogs do what work for them because people like to read into, I think, what their dogs are thinking, and um, and I think get kind of stuck on the on the why versus the how. And what's so nice about this protocol is that it's so clear. And you know how you set it up, and it will work again. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. That it doesn't. It's, of course, it matters why your dog is upset or nervous. But on the other hand, if you know that they are upset or nervous, you you have now tools that you can just bring to the table, and you don't have to necessarily uh, think, well, he's being aggressive, he's being dominant. You know, he's trying to control. <laughs> but they are trying to control the situation. Would you say sure. that? Yeah, I would, and not in a in a sort of world dominance sort of way. But <laughs> You know, I'm in the middle of London and I don't know where I am freaked out sort of way. Not like, you know, I'd like to be the queen of London but or, you know, of England, but I'd like to just, you know, know how to use the subway um, or the whatever it's called in London, underground. Um, so, you know, it's all about feeling like they have some sort of um, control over their own safety. Uh, and I think that's really important. So and my dog, um, it was actually developed really for him. Um, I'm a trainer that works with, you know, a professional trainer, work with lots of other people's dogs. Um, but he was a particularly hard nut to crack. And so, um, it, the other tools just weren't enough for him. And I, I needed to come up with something else. Well, it, it's brilliant. And it is nice. It does kind of empower the dog. They don't, they don't feel stressed out. They can work at their own pace. Correct. I mean, they just, yeah, wanna... exactly. and I think it empowers the people too, that they feel, finally feel like they have a little bit more of a, uh, a way to predict what's going on with the dog and, um, and that they don't have to go in and um, firefight as much. Uh, and that eventually that the dog just basically keeps turning itself as time goes on, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So they feel like they have tools for communication and, and, and dealing with a situation. Exactly. So what, what do you look for um, success-wise? What, what is an, considered an acceptable, an acceptable behavior when you're initially working with the dog? We know that we're, we're, you know, we're, we're gradually approaching and we're uh, trying to keep them just below the threshold, just at the threshold? Just, I guess, at or below. I mean, basically, if you sort of think of the threshold as a, as a peak, you want them to roll downhill in a good direction. So just before the threshold. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. And, and, and then what are you looking for? What type of behavior are you looking for from the dog to a signal, you know, that they're feeling maybe just a little on edge or, or that they're, you know, they're calm enough to, um, to respond to you or to communicate mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, well, so most of what I'm looking for is some kind of signal that they're done for lack of a better word. So they're done gathering information They're They would like to move a little bit away, whatever it is. And so those signals would be, um, so after some sort of engagement, they're looking at the, the other person or the dog or whatever, after that, a head turn, a ground sniff, uh, shaking off, looking up at the person, at the owner, any number of things. It's not necessarily about at that point, the connection with the owner, but rather the social situation with the other thing, uh, with the other person or the object that they're sort of freaking out about. Okay. So and then you would be obviously like any sort of like regular counter conditioning, you would set them up to be, um, able to be in a good thinking state, not in a reactive state where they're likely to do the, the wrong things. You want them to be likely to do the right things. No, it, that, right. In the sense of, 
yeah, what humans think is good. <laughs> yes, exactly. We have we have a range of, of what we consider acceptable behaviors. Um, no, that's that's really great. I do feel like it is just so empowering to them. And and there's I don't think that there's really anything negative about it. It's giving the dog and I think the people um, new communication skills. And I bet this helps people learn how to read their dogs and pay attention to how they're feeling a bit better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, actually, I just was telling a story the other day about how. Um, there was a, I think she was like four, um, this little girl who um, was basically, we, we went through and did bat with her dog, and she started then telling her friends, oh, he doesn't like it when you do that. You know, so she was she was reading her dog's oh, language and being his advocate, which is great, because that's what I want people to do, is understand their dogs enough that they can be their advocates. That is, no, that's an excellent story. I mean, that's so super. That's precisely what... That's what we see when we're doing scent work as well, that people are learning to, to um, read their dog's body language, realize that dogs communicate with their bodies and with space. You know, and, and obviously space is a big thing with, with, with the bat protocol. Um, exactly. With space, can they, do they need to retreat? Do they want to move in? So I think it's, it's exciting to see people embracing that. And just your, you know, your every, every, average, everyday, like you said, little kid even, being able to read yeah. that. It's going to keep people and animals safer, ultimately. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one thing that uh, people may have a question about is, you know, you said that we're, we're waiting for the dog to do something else. Um, people might wonder why you don't prompt a behavior. Why don't, you, why don't you just ask the dog to stop barking or to sit or to come back to you? Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, well, if they are at the, per- the point where they're barking, then I definitely will uh, prompt some alternate behavior, or if it looks like they're likely to go start barking, um, then I'll call the name, make a kissy noise, whatever, to sort of bring the dog back. Um, if, however, they're ever able to make the choice on their own, that's better because what we're trying to teach is decision making. So anytime we reach in and we prompt, um, we're taking that choice away from them. And so it's sort of like if we were teaching a child to do a story problem, we wouldn't say, oh, well, here's the equation you set up. It's the setting up of the equation based on the story problem that, that's the learning moment. So in this sense with the dogs, prompting um, doesn't give them as, as, much of an opportunity, as much of an opportunity to choose. Indeed. No, I think that's a, a, another really important piece of the puzzle because perhaps they, you know, if, if you could, because some people, especially, you know, back in the day, traditionally, people would just, um, I remember when I started, people would just, insist upon obedience, quote-unquote. You know, it would be, you are now in a downstay, and I don't care if you're afraid of that bicycle coming towards you or that man that's walking by. You must stay. And um, I think that that can create uh, a lot of pressure for the dog. Exactly. Yeah, and and I I do think even now that's, you know, that's one way that people can sort of think of to handle reactivity is, well, I'm going to put my dog in a stay then, and then he's at least, you know, less likely to jump up at people and bite them as they go by. But then the dog feels even more trapped and we've got a bigger problem. Yeah, it, it actually exacerbates the problem in the long run, whereas your system is helping helping them to make good choices, but also to feel better inside. Mm-hmm. Yes? Exactly. Right. And because it's not just about learning how to escape from scary things, it's about learning the fact that because you can always arrange your, you know, as the dog, you can always, you know, get away from things, then confidence becomes uh, just sort of naturally it comes out. So the curiosity starts to take over and then the dog is sort of acting more and more normal. Oh, that's great. That's excellent. Um, I have, I I know that you have a tight schedule. I don't want to keep you too long, but I do have another, another big question I think people may have out there is, um, 
what happens with real life encounters? Like, how long does does a a bat session take, and and when do you start seeing results, and and what do you do in the meantime?、Mm-hmm. I guess. Got it.、Um, so there, there's kind of、um, a way that you do setups, and then you can do some of that on walks. But there's also some other tools that you can use on walks. So generally,、um, with、uh, setups, we don't tend to use a lot of food、um, because, again, that prompts dogs to make decisions that are not based on social situation. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah.、Um, but out on walks, it's we sort of want to tip the scale toward the dog at least doing the behavior,、um, and so. Um, basically, there's two different ways you can. As soon as the dog even notices the, the person or the dog, then you click walk away and give a treat, or you can wait for that good choice, then click walk away and give a treat.、Um, and then, of course, with those terrible situations where you come around the corner and there's just somebody there, then we have U-turns, just like with Patricia McConnell's、uh, protocols.、Um, and then there's just the oh god, it's it's too late, so let's toss some food on the ground and maybe they'll go away.、Um, So there's different different things, but kind of the basic idea of that is、um, that we want to try to give the dog、uh, as much as much of an opportunity to make a choice as possible. But if it's a situation where they're not likely to make a good choice、uh, in terms of not react, being reactive,、um, then we step in and, and are more and more helpful,、uh, but not in an aversive way.、Mm, thank you for that. No, that that makes sense. So you need a, kind of a a few different strategies and in your pocket. Before you、exactly. go out into the world, there, right, and all of those tools that positive dog trainers already have come in very handy、uh, when you're out on walks. Excellent. Okay, because you do have to, most people still want to get their dogs up for some exercise and, and such. Yes, definitely, definitely.、Uh, okay,、uh, one the dog point- that reacts from like five blocks away, and then we may have to do some more setups before the dog can go on walks. Yes, and those, and as we said earlier, those people probably aren't walking because it's just such a frustrating process at both ends of the leash. So yeah, exactly. Good point. Okay, one more question before I let you go off to、okay. off, off to Vegas. So <laughs> as we mentioned at the beginning,、uh, Bat has just really taken off. It's taken off like wildfire. You are traveling all over the world. Everyone's excited about this. There's a lot of buzz. And why do you think that is? Why do you think it is so appealing to people? I well, I think it's appealing because it's working. <laughs> There's the right answer. <laughs> the short answer.、Um, it's working <laughs> and it's humane. So、um, I think we're you know people are are hungry for a, a technique that that works quickly.、Um, it's not like instant. There, it's not a magic pill. But it, it's you see results. You know, within a few、uh, setups, even within within one setup. Um, you're seeing during that time that the dog makes progress, and the next time you do a setup with even a different decoy, a different dog, then the dog has is usually、um, improved from where it was in the last one, and so it's a very tangible progress.、Um, and then there's also like you know guys don't tend to like carrying treats around with them, and a lot of dogs you can get away with that with not even using treats at all,、um, and so things like that、um, are appealing. So no, that's great. It's it's just a wonderful thing, and, and thank you so much for putting all of this information together for people, and in so many different formats. Your videos are excellent and、sure. very clear. And now we've now we've got the the brand new book. Did, when did the book come out? That was just- it, it came out last week. Yeah. So、uh, what is that? The Basically, like September eighth or something like I think, that. I think we can say officially say hot off the presses though. Yeah, he's officially hot off the presses. And there's a the two day seminar that I just did in Chicago was filmed. So now there's a two day seminar DVD.、Um, there's the puppy socialization socialization DVD which was new this summer, and I、um, I think that's one that I'm hoping that a lot of people will check out、um, as something that might go along with their puppy classes. 
um, because it's it, it's not a replacement for puppy class, but it's a set of things that um, might not normally be taught in class. I'm really excited about that one. I, I have to admit I haven't seen that yet, but I am really intrigued and, and excited that you've done something that puppies can use, use right? You know, but as you said before, that they before they kind of go over that edge. You can see sometimes there are puppies that are already a little fearful or a little nervous or underconfident, and I'm imagining that this is going to help push them in the right direction at an earlier age, age before we have a full-blown issue. So very excited about that. I really wish I had done it with Peanut when he was a yeah, puppy. Well. I didn't get around to it until like, after he was not a puppy anymore. <laughs> did you did you see things? Did you have any any inklings that Peanut was a nervous or fearful dog? Oh, way. Yeah, yeah, I had the problem right away. I just didn't have the solution yeah. for years. Yeah. I think we did like five years of counter conditioning. Um, and, and it did help with lots of different – he had tons and tons of fears and phobias. But um, for the ones that remained, um, that was the answer. So. Excellent. Well, thank you to Peanut for helping you come up with this program as well. We have to give credit where credit is due. That's right. <laughs> okay, so where can everybody go to find all of your information? You have um, several, two different websites. Two different websites. Um, functionalrewards.com is the main website for BATS. It has the different links to the videos and things like that. The two-day seminar is not linked yet. Um, and then uh, for people who are in the Seattle area, or people who might want to do um, private sessions by Skype, my website is doggyzen.com, D-O-G-G-I-E-Z-E-N.com. Excellent. Well, I imagine you'll be getting some calls and uh, orders. People order the information directly from your site. Right, exactly. So the functionalrewards.com website actually links uh, to the store, which is the Ahimsa store, um, and then my staff will ship it out, and we actually can do signed copies of the book from there also. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much for spending time with us today. I know you're you're very busy, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. My pleasure, Kelly. And I look forward to seeing you in San Diego. Yes, yes. And again Great. in England. All right? Have, All right. A, have a good time. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.